showroom with several of them in there. Some of them uh, actually had, you couldn't put a dollar value on them. And one night, guess what happened? The floor opened up and these Corvettes went crashing down into a cavern, sinking sand. And they stayed there for a little while and they finally brought out some of them. And one of them that was worth, they, I can't remember, I think a million point five or something for some crazy reason. They just decided to leave it as it was when they pulled it out of the hole in the ground. If you're building on anything other than Jesus Christ for your eternal life, I want you to know you're in trouble because everything else is sinking sand. Only Christ is the solid rock. So thank you all for reminding us of that today. Let's go to the Lord who is our rock and ask him to be here with us today. Our fathers, we bow together collectively in your house. Lord, we worship you as the only true and living God. You are not a God. You are the God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The God in three persons, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, who has chosen in, for your own reasons to smile upon us and to give us grace and mercy and truth and life when so many have, don't have those things and so many uh, lives are snuffed out at, at young ages. We thank you, Father, for being with us and blessing us. We thank you for this opportunity to gather today. And it may be drizzling outside, but the sun is shining inside because you are uh, the son to whom we bow. You are the son that we owe everything to, and we thank you for that. We ask you, God, to bless today's service and be in uh, the songs that are sung and the words that are spoken that it might be truth and it might make a difference in someone's life here today, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. May be seated for just a moment. If you are a first-time guest here at First Baptist Church, or maybe the first time in a long while, please do us the favor. You know, uh, the rest of you know the drill, but go ahead and take one of these connection cards and a pen from the seat back in front of you, and please take time to fill that out. Turn it over, and on the back there are things if you're interested in becoming a follower of Christ, or if you're interested in being baptized or church membership or if you have a prayer request, or whatever it might be, go ahead and fill these out. And at the end of the service, you can either give them to one of us, or in the back next to the double doors, there's a, a box on a stand with a cross on top. That's where we put the members put their tithes and offerings in, and we would invite you to turn in your connection card so we'll have a record of your visit with us today. Thank you for being faithful on such an inclement day. We are so stinking spoiled, aren't we? Hey, it's so wet out. It's misty. I might get my hair will frizz. Or, or, my, or the curl will fall out. In my case, the hair falls out. But you know, whatever. So, you know what? I figured out what it is. Baptists are so afraid of being sprinkled. You know, that if it's not the full immersion, they don't want to be sprinkled. So, but thank you who are faithfully here today. And thank you who are at home watching online. And by the way, if you're home watching online, got some news for you. It's open. Things are happening. God is showing up. And we hope that you'll show up again very, very soon. We have an outdoor uh, screen and facility on the patio. If someone uh, is afraid of COVID cooties, then that might be where you would want to be. But you're certainly uh, invited to do so. We appreciate that being set up and available to you. Let me give you a couple of announcements today. I uh, want to welcome everyone. Of course, we're going to have communion later on. So if you did not get a communion cup, 
Um, they're on the back table. We'll also pass those out a little bit later if you didn't get one. Uh, if you would like to bring gifts for the Silent uh, Voices Baby Shower, you say, what is that? That's a pregnancy center that helps out uh, unwed mothers or moms who are in dire circumstances. And if you would like to bring a, a new gift of some kind for a baby, uh, appropriate for a baby, then go ahead and do that. Bring it to the church and we'll get it to Silent Voices. Um, this coming Saturday, uh, men are going to meet at Panera Bread. Uh, hopefully it won't be so dreadful as it is today. <laughs> and if it is, so what? We will meet anyhow. Uh, it'll be at 8 o'clock at Panera Bread. And there is an outside table that is a larger table, so we'll try to get that if possible. Next Sunday is Promises for Moms. It's Mother's Day. Moms will be honored, I promise you. And I hope you'll come be with us and bring moms with you. If, if you by the way, if you know someone uh, who's kind of by themselves and their mom, invite them. Let them be your mom for the day, Ask them, unless you're a lot older than they are, in which case that would insult them. But uh, just, just bring neighbors, friends, anybody. Don't let them be alone on Mom's Day. Remember, uh, members, we're going to remind you about tithes and offerings, either through the mail or in person uh, or online. So be sure to be faithful to that. Children's ministries <clears throat> will be starting up in one month, first Sunday in June. So I want to re remind you of that. If you were one who volunteered, I know Laura's been contacting people and I contacted people. Uh, so you need to make sure you get the background check and watch the video. And then instead of the bulletin article, which, <clears throat> which is available in the bulletin, now you can read that. I wanted to read uh, a missionary letter from Joshua Casey, one of our new missionaries who has gone to the field of Spain. And so this is what he writes. Uh, young couple, really excited. Uh, maybe some of you will remember them. When God uses the building remodel for a soul remodel is the title. The new to us building where we now meet for church services was purchased between Christmas and New Year's Eve of 2020. Thank you to several of you for additional gifts and offerings on that behalf. Ever since then, our church family has been busy, busy, busy working on the remodel. One of our faithful church members owns his own construction remodeling company and has employed a few other members of ours within his business. So naturally, uh, this is the business our church hired to complete the work. One of the workers <clears throat> within his, this business is a handy-dandy tile-laying specialist. And then he says, I want to apologize to anyone who works in that line of business because I know it's not called handy-dandy tile-laying, but I didn't know what to call it. <clears throat> this specialist, however, is not one of the ones who's a church member of ours, uh, though through months of gospel conversations and months of working alongside many other Christians, several church members volunteer their time as they have it available. This man attended church service two weeks ago. He brought his family with him as well. Just last night, and I got this uh, yesterday, so I'm assuming, and they, but they're on the other side of the world, so I have no idea when this happened, <laughs> 24 hours, 48 hours ago. Just last night, after sitting down having yet another conversation with one of our church planning partners, this man gave his life, life to Jesus Christ. How incredible it is that after months of physically toiling alongside one another, months of patient conversations, months of sharing God's love, this man has not only seen this building made new, but his heart. Praise, us, praise be to God for how he is at work over here. Please continue to pray for Emmanuel as he grows in his walk with the Lord. Be praying for his family's salvation as well. Furthermore, please be praying for continued financial provision for this building. The entire bottom is complete. 
which means we have a functional adult meeting space, but our children's ministry is currently meeting in a room the size of a walk-in closet until we get the upstairs complete. We've got the materials and laborers ready, just need the money to pay them. We're ready to get a more functional space in order to minister to the children of our church and the children that will come, God knows. The truth is whether uh, we meet in a closet or a fully functional space, God's word still changes lives. So I knew uh, that would be an encouragement to you. And I'm going to ask, speaking of missions, I'm going to ask Rachel to come and share with us something that uh, is on her mind and heart today with Live Love. And while she's coming, uh, I just want to make mention of this note from Casey. Uh, If someone's working alongside of you at job, is there a chance they're going to come to know Christ? Are you being a witness to them? Are you sharing the gospel with them? I hope that you are because it can make an eternal difference. Miss Rachel and Miss Lily. Hey, my Lily. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just want to pray. Father, thank you for this day and for my precious sister in Christ, Lily. Uh, thank you for the mission that you've given to us to love you and to serve you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Just real quick, a brief story. Um, people ask me, how did you meet Lily? And I call her my Lily because I call my daughter my lady. So now it's, no, this is my Lily. Okay. <laughs> so her and I met before we actually met. And it was through God and towels, if you don't know. I got a word that someone needed towels. I didn't ask who or why. I just knew I had it. So I listened to God and gave. Now I know today that act of um, quiet obedience to God was way bigger than towels. God brought my Lily to me to reveal some gifts to me personally, and I'm delighted to share. As I was prepping this message with the Lord, I realized that this is actually a dual message. Um, It was really fascinating to me. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) Deuteronomy 1.6 says, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. We can all agree during our COVID time here. You've stayed at this mountain long enough. Spurgeon says it like this, we may sometimes gather fuel for today from the ashes of yesterday's fire. Remembering the mercies of God in the past, we may rest assured concerning the present and the future. If we have wisely learned by experience, we may from our own failures in the past gain wisdom that will enable us to avoid the evils that overcame us on the former occasions. Here we are reminded that we must expect changes. Israel was not always to dwell at Horeb, and even the choicest place of divine manifestation is not always to be ours. Though precious to us because of the spiritual experiences we have enjoyed there, they are not to be our permanent places of abode. We have to journey onward and pitch our tent somewhere else. Sometimes like a tree that a gardener lifts it out and shifts it to a soil richer and deeper, it will develop wonderfully, just like us. We have grown as big in Christ as we will ever grow in that particular position. So now we must be shifted into a new one. Open your hands and say, not my will, but yours. Change it is, Lord. So our Princess Lily here is headed to Uganda. Live Love Foundation of Salvation. (laughs) I'm so crazy excited about this. But y'all, don't worry is sending Lily on mission to her hometown of Masaka, Uganda, to take care of kingdom business. Lord willing, her date of departure is May 20th, and her return back to the U.S. is June 5th. 
Thus far, we have been blessed. Our father to the fatherless has provided the needs and provided work for our 15 kids in Masaka, Uganda since 2019. God brought Lily to Coronado as the conduit for his love to shine in this specific place. And of course, God knew his people were ready. The Live Love store got up and running in 2020 during COVID. The kids continued to be sent to school. Monthly payments were made to purchase land to build a home on. Six cows were purchased for milk. Electricity was put in, a music system, and a water tank on Rachel's property where the kids currently live. We are grateful that Lily's time in Uganda will be taken up with caring for the future of our kids. She will attend church and have the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and how God's provision and power moves in her life. She is going to register and get a Uganda national ID. She is going to register Live Love Foundation of Salvation land that has been purchased, and she will sign on behalf of Live Love the deed to the land title. She will be inspecting the Live Love store. She will be conducting an inquiry into the kids' school, moving them from Catholic to Christian school. Scout the grounds and check on what we need to start building the children's house. Lastly, we need to get a Live Love P.O. box to send mail to the kids. This is God's full circle for our Princess Lily, and yes, she will be returning back from Uganda, Lord willing, be praying. (laughs) We want to invite you all to join us with the Lord Jesus through constant prayer for these children or monetary means for them and this specific mission. As you consider how God may be calling you to care for these specific children of God, we will take heart because the, he says, he, call, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it, 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. Mm-hmm. Not worried. If you'd like to give a special offering for this mission to Uganda, you can write a check to Live Love Foundation of Salvation, and in the memo you can put Live Love Princess Lily Mission, something along those lines, or you can donate online at our website at LiveLoveFoundationOfSalvation.org, or you can donate to the church and put in the memo there specific to Lily Mission to Uganda. (laughs) But that is it for us today. Um, I would love to take a special offering. I don't know if you had that on your plate, Pastor, but that'd be great. If not, that's fine too. (laughs) We do this. Why don't don't we put a, a basket on the back table? And if you would like to have a part today, Whatever you put in there will go toward this particular uh, mission project. So uh, we've got a basket right there, and uh, we'll do that. But I want to now Rachel's house. Some people may not know. There's a, a the lady who operates this right is named Rachel. Is that correct? Yes. So it's not your house no, over no, there. No, no, no. But <laughs> no, Rachel, we got two Rachels. Rachel is the caregiver for the caregiver 15 kids for the currently. 15 orphans. At a house, but we're making a new right, home for right, those kids to right. raise them up in the Word of God. That, and that's amazing. So whatever you can do to help out, uh, if you write a check, uh, you can make it to Live Love Foundation. Put it right there in that basket. If you want cash, you can do that. But can I pray for you? Yes. All right. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that you brought Lily over here through some very unusual circumstances. And uh, Lord, I'm sure there were times when she wondered why you were working the way that you were in her life. But Lord, we know now, like Joseph of old, that it was that you had a reason and that you sent her here to be able to send her back to be a gospel contact, a gospel witness to establish uh, this foundation in Uganda and so that she can be a testimony to these folks that so desperately need the gospel. Lord, we pray that you would be with Rachel's home there. 
We pray that you'd be with the new property and with the building possibility and pray that, God, you would take care um, of, of Lily as she's over there and, Lord, that you would make her trip mighty and powerful and prosperous and uh, that, Lord, there might be a, a huge uh, number of souls saved in the, in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for blessing us. And we pray that you walk with Lily, that she would walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, we love you. All right, let's stand together as we continue to worship the Lord.
If you're not who you used to be, would you say amen? amen. All right. If, you, if you've been redeemed, would you say amen again? Amen, amen again. All right. You may be seated. And uh, I get an opportunity to speak to the young people here. So if you're at home, uh, young folks, boys and girls, listen up. All the young folks here, listen up. And while they're getting ready to listen, uh, on the back, we have some promise books on the back table. And I would like for you to be uh, able to take one of them, take one or the other of them. There's four different kinds. If there's some left over, then you can take more later.
one, but I want everybody to at least get one. We've been preaching on promises of God. So here's one, promises for tough times. That might go right away. Who knows? Promises for women. Hey, next week is Mother's Day. You might want that. Promises for men. huh? And then the last one here is uh, applying God's word to your life today, the promises that are included in that. So uh, feel free to take <clears throat> one of those books <clears throat> in the back table. And uh, as you drop off an offering for Live Love, that'd be a great thing. Okay, boys and girls, what in the world? We're going to have the Lord's Supper today, and it's supper time, and it's not even noon yet. What's going on with that? How many of you boys and girls have breakfast? Let me see your hand. Anybody? None of you boys and girls eat breakfast? You, you do? Okay, you do, you do, you do. Okay, and then the very back, yeah. That's the first meal of the day. And then the next meal of the day is called what? Lunch. It's called lunch. But then the third major meal of the day, some people call dinner, other people call it supper. Now, when I grew up, my mom called it supper. So I call the last organized meal of the day supper. Now, you notice I said last organized because usually there are things that follow later on, like ice cream and cookies and things like that. But the last full-on meal is supper. Now, boys and girls, when Jesus was on this earth, he had a last supper with his disciples before he was crucified. It wasn't called the last dinner. It was called the last supper, okay? And in that last supper, there were several different items on the table. And you know what he chose? He chose two things from that table. He chose some bread. And then he chose the fruit of the vine or juice. Now, I want you to notice the bread was not like our bread. Um, we have uh, sliced bread. We buy it by a loaf at the grocery store. You can get wheat bread. You can get white bread. You can get bread with nuts and sticks and stones and stuff in it. You can get all kinds of different kinds of bread. <clears throat> but the bread that Jesus was talking about was unleavened bread. It had no yeast in it. And so it didn't really get big like our loaves of bread this tall. It didn't get that way. It was kind of like a little flat uh, little, oh, maybe this, about that long or so. And what Jesus did was he took some of that unleavened bread, boys and girls, and instead of slicing it, he broke it, and he gave pieces to his disciples. And then he said something very, very unusual. He said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. What? It wasn't really his body because he was in his body still, but the bread he picked up and broke, he said, this is my body. And you know, last week we talked about baptism, and it's a picture of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ, and it's a picture or a symbol of the old life is dead and buried. We're going to rise to walk a whole new life because we've been redeemed. We're not the same as we were before. Well, the bread was a picture of the body of Jesus that was broken for us. And then he took the cup. And, and he gave that out, and he said something unusual about that. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is my blood. It wasn't really his blood. It was a picture or a symbol of his blood. So he said, whenever you eat this bread, this broken bread, and whenever you drink this fruit of the vine, remember that I died for you. It's a memorial supper. It's a memorial feast. So we remember what Jesus endured on the cross. And moms and dads, uh, it's very important 
that we remember when we do this that we're not thinking about other things. We, we need to, as much as possible, force every other thought out of our mind and just concentrate and meditate on the fact that Jesus loved us that much, that he gave his only begotten, that God loved us so much, he gave his only begotten son, and Jesus loved us so much, he gave his body and his blood to pay the price for our sins. So later on, boys and girls, we're going to have the Lord's Supper together. Doesn't matter what time of day. You can have it in the morning, you can have it at noon, you can have it at night, you can have it at midnight. It's still called the Lord's Supper, and it's a time to remember how much Jesus loved us. And if you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you talk to your mom and dad about it, but if you know him and, and you're ready to partake of the Lord's Supper, we invite you to do so, uh, but you consult with your mom and dad. If you don't know yet uh, that Jesus is your Savior, then talk to them, talk to us. We'd be glad to show you how to become a born-again child of God. All right, Last Supper. That's just one, I just want you to know why we do that. Sometimes we do things and we know why we do them and other people don't have a clue. There could be adults, actually, who, who know that we have the Lord's Supper but don't have a clue what it really is all about. So I want to take that time to share with them. <clears throat> I still think last week's message was a little weird, a little strange. You know, a summary of it would be we're born, then we're young, <clears throat> then we get middle-aged, and then we become old, and then we die. <laughs> God bless you, go home. <laughs> you know, it's like, what? But today, hopefully, we'll make up for, <clears throat> that this, uh, for that this week because we're going to talk about what happens to a child of God when they fall asleep. Something very important that happens to the child of God when we fall asleep in this life. Now, most of the promises we've studied so far, and most of them in those books, at least a lot of them, are going to be dealing with promises that we have in this life. But I'm going to talk to you this morning about promises you have for the life to come. How many of you have been to Hearst Castle? How many? In San Simeon, I think it is. A lot of you. Man, half of you. The rest of you need to go sometime. It's, it's a cool little place to go uh, visit. I think they have three or four tours, maybe four or five tours. I don't know. We've been, Pat and I have been to two or three, three or four of them uh, in, over the years. And it's, it, you go from one amazing room to another. I mean, it's a huge castle uh, on a hillside. I think there's uh, several thousand acres involved in the estate originally. And, and you go from, uh, you look up and, and there's ornate carved uh, wood ceilings that have been literally purchased from castles in Europe and ferried over by boat and reassembled in these uh, in these, some of these rooms there in Hearst Castle. Uh, in in the uh, on the on the walls were priceless hangings. Uh, pri priceless hangings? Does that sound right? Priceless things hanging on the walls. <laughs> Uh, and, I mean, some of them are literally worth a million dollars, they said anyhow, I don't know. Uh, sculptures everywhere, gold leaf-framed uh, pictures. The floors would be parquet or marble or some expensive material. Uh, every single room in Hearst Castle, every single area was a standalone museum. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I, I don't know about you, but I, I like the life I have here. I, I love life that God has given to me. I, one of the things Pat and I say periodically is I, we just love our lives. You know, we've been all of our adult lives, we've served the Lord together. Uh, all of our adult lives, we've been in love. She's so crazy in love with me, it's amazing. 
And I'm so crazy in love with her. It's pathetic. I really am. If she's not around, it's like, ah. But I love my family. I love my church. I absolutely love I love my country. I love California. I don't like the politicians, but I love California. I love the beauty of the oceans and the mountains and the deserts and lakes and streams and all of that. But one day... One day, my own special personal tour will be over, and I will walk into the next room. I will enter into this place that we're going to talk about, and it'll be a room unlike any that I've ever been in before, greatly surpassing the beauty and the glory of Randolph Hearst's castle, and Paul wrote about it several times. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Verse 8, he says, But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. We have the promise of the life that now is, but guess what? We have promises about the life that is to come. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul said, For me to live is Christ, but listen to this, to die is gain. To die is more profitable. In Philippians 1, also in verses 23 and 24, he said, I am in a strait between two. I'm in the middle of two opposing forces. Have you ever been there? In the middle of two opposing forces, it's like, I don't know whether to go left. I don't know whether to go right. I, you know, we, come, we drive sometime past the navigator, and I come to this fork in the road, and it's like, do I go left or right? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. My phone's goofy, and the GPS is going, ah, I need to know which way to go. Well, we're, Paul said, I'm, I'm in a strait. Uh, I, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Folks, for the Christian leaving this life and going to the next, it's far better, far better, not even comparable. It's far better. Nevertheless, Paul said at this point in time, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Now, we're talking about heaven, right? talking about that's where the child of God goes. And, and Jesus spoke about it in John 14, verses 1 through 3, when he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me and my Father's house or many mansions, literally abiding places. I'm not sure every one of us are going to have a, a castle in heaven or a mansion in heaven, and it doesn't matter. Being in heaven is going to be uh, the blessing enough, amen? I mean, it's going to be wonderful. But in my Father's house are many abiding places, many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. Now, it's interesting. The, the Greek word for place there is topos. We get the word like uh, topography. A topography map shows the elevation, shows the ravines, shows the valleys, shows the mountains. And so he said it's a place, it's a topos, it's an actual place. By an, it's occupiable by a person or a thing. It's a spot, it's a place in a room. So he said, I prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, a special place just for you, a special place just for me, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, a relative place, there you may be also. So it's a place where our Heavenly Father dwells, my Father's house. It's a place where God's going to be. I, I, I don't know. Preacher, are we going to be able to see God the Father? I, I, I don't know. I, I, God the Father's a spirit, and I, I don't know how that works. I should know. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I don't know if we're going to see God, but we're going to know when we see the evidence of God that he's there. We're going to see a manifestation of some kind. 
We're going we're gonna to know that that is the Father. It's a place where the Father is. It's a place where that's worthy of the Christ. It's a place where the Holy Spirit is, is working. It's a place where our unfinished service and our incomplete consecration and our partially used gifts on this earth will all reach perfection. It's a real place. Our present, whatever your present accommodations are, they may be, they may be inadequate. Certainly, it, uh, there are people who are homeless, and we drive by them all the time. Been given out live love socks and so on, uh, but we drive by them, and uh, and they live in tents or they wrap up in blankets at night. That's not adequate protection. That's not adequate accommodations. So maybe yours are more modest. They're, they're, they're certainly better than those that are inadequate. Or maybe yours are, are elaborate and extravagant. But every single habitation on this earth will pale when we enter into that next room. Because the glory of God is so amazing. You know why? Because Jesus is both the architect and the builder. He is the designer, and he is the contractor. He is the one who puts it together. That's, that's better than party builders. I just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, I mean, you know, God's, God's got it all together. He plans it out. He builds it, constructs it, and, and takes care of it. For Hebrews 11.10, for Abraham looked for a city that had foundations, and, and that meant planned solid foundations whose builder and maker was God. And then 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to the abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To what? To an inheritance incorruptible. An inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, unstained, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. You know what? You can buy a brand new house. You can go buy a spanking brand new house. And if you want to, you can find flaws. Well, they didn't texture this wall just right. Well, the cement's got a crack in it already. Well, uh, this is this appliance is a little bit off here. They didn't make that. You, you can find problems. You know what? We're not going to find any problems in the places that Jesus Christ and God the Father and the Holy Spirit provide for us in this next room, in this place that we call heaven. It will be incorruptible. It will be undefiled, which means unstained. It will not fade away, and it is reserved. RSVP, your name, my name, RSVP. It's there. He's building it. Jesus said, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And Paul said again, for if we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, speaking of the, the temple that's called our body, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal, belonging to the ages, eternal in the heavens. And we are confident, I say, rather to be absent from the body and, and to be present with the Lord. Even the psalmist back before Jesus ever came and died on the cross and was resurrected again, even before a lot of the revelation about heaven uh, came, the psalmist said, Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'm telling you, you better RSVP right now. How do you do that? By receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and Master, by confessing him as your God, confessing your sins to him and asking him to be your God. And then you'll RSVP and you'll have this place, this topas, this special assigned place just for you. 
Then there are things that are not there. Interestingly enough, in the revelation that John received on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter 21, he talks about things that are not in heaven. Isn't that amazing? He talks about things that are not there. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. I saw no temple therein. He says a little bit later on, verse 22, uh, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun or the moon. That's going to bother some of you. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. There is no apprehension of danger. The gates were shut in biblical cities to protect the inhabitants. No need to do that. No one's going to storm, storm the gates of heaven, I'll guarantee you. There, there shall no, be no night there, and there shall be no wise enter into it anyone that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, first of all, okay, there will be no night. John said there's not going to be any night. Night presently hides the beauty of creation. You can go to the most beautiful forest in the whole world and, and admire the trees and the rock formations and, 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 and every, the plants that are on the forest bed. You can, but when it gets dark, if there's no moon especially, you can't see. You can't see anything. So night hides the beauty of it. Uh, men love darkness rather than light, the Bible says, because their deeds are evil. A lot of times things are done under the cover of darkness that wouldn't be done in a time of light. So try to imagine with me a nightless world where the everlasting light of the three-in-one perpetually shines and supersedes all other luminaries forever. There's no sun or moon. Okay, my wife loves sunsets. She absolutely loves sunsets. I'm sorry, babe. This is, I didn't write this. You know what I mean? God's, God wrote it. Uh, there's not going to be any sun. There's not going to be any moon. All the poems written about the beauty of the moon, all the, all the pictures we have of the moon, and, and there's not going to be any. There will be no candles, Revelation 22, 5. There's no need of artificial light. The upside, no SDG&E bills ever. John 1 said in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made, and in Him was life. And the life was the what? Light. The life that was in Him was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehends it not. The darkness cannot overcome, cannot suddenly overcome and squelch out the, the light. It can't do it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, I preached on, on the fact that Jesus is the bread and he's the water and he's the air we breathe, uh, that God is all three of those things. But I forgot this because something else we need for life besides food, besides water, uh, and besides whatever it was I said, air, uh, is, is light. And he is the light of the world and he will be the light. And, and no matter how much you love the sun or the moon, I promise you, when you get into that next room, when you take that step, when you get there, you, you, will, you will be absolutely overwhelmed at the beauty and the wonder and the majesty and the glory of it all. And you're not going to sit around saying, but I sure miss the sun. I used to go out on Coronado Beach and just sit there and soak up the rays and I can't even, you know what? God's going to be the light of that city, and, and no one is going to be unhappy with him. Not any sun, not any uh, moon, no light. 
God is the light of all of that. Next one you're going to like, no tears, no sorrow in heaven. I got a funeral this coming week for a 60-year-old young man. Increasingly, I'm having funerals of people younger than I am. That, that, that's a phenomenon that for years I didn't experience. But, but death comes, and, 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 and there are no tears, no funerals in heaven, no prisoners of war in heaven, no KIAs in heaven, no old folks' homes in heaven, no sad goodbyes. No deployments in heaven. No, no more feeling all alone. No more heartbreaks in heaven. No tears. No sorrows. Here's a big one. No pain. No pain. No car accidents that result in, in, in people being maimed. No diseases can take your health away from you. No cancer surgeries or chemotherapy or radiation. No more birth defects. No, no degenerative discs. No arthritic joints. No more heart attacks. No more migraines. No more need for opioids or painkillers. You don't even need an aspirin there. Not even an aspirin. No pain. There's no defilement, no impurities, no sin, no sinners. Revelation 21, 27 that we've already shared with you. Now, this one was odd to me. No temple. Huh? There's no temple in heaven? There, there was a beautiful temple. This was the, the second temple, actually. And, and as magnificent as that is, the, remember what they said? The old men wept. The young men rejoiced, the old men wept, because the old men knew it wasn't as glorious as the previous temple. But as glorious as this is right here, uh, there's not going to be any temple in heaven. And when we step into that next room, when we take our tour and we wind up into the place that we call heaven right now, <clears throat> there's not going to be a temple. We, don't, we won't look for a First Baptist church in heaven. We won't look for some temple because, and at first I thought, what does that mean? Where do we go worship? And what it really means is there's no sectarian temple. There's so many different kinds of churches and kinds of temples and all of that. But the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple in heaven. They themselves are the object of worship. They themselves, uh, we, we are in them. So heaven, this, this next step that we're going to take one of these days is a nightless, sorrowless, tearless, painless, sinless state where our Godhead is the only temple needed or allowed. And then there are things that are going to be in heaven, and all we can do is scratch the surface of that, huh? Just barely scratch the surface. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all there in their exalted glory. Isaiah told us, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. The, the angel Gabriel appeared to a virgin named Mary and said that your son shall be great and called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. You know who's going to be there? Old Testament saints. Adam and Eve will be there. I got some questions for Eve. But then again, she's probably got a lot of questions for me. So <laughs> Noah will be there. Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives. Abraham will be there. Sarah will be there. Joseph, who became second in command over the most powerful nation uh, in the world that day, he'll, he'll be there. Moses will be there. Joshua will be there. 
Rahab will be there. What, a harlot in heaven? She used to be. She became a believer. She became a child of God. And that's what happens when we become a believer. Our sins are gone. They're removed away from us. As far as the east is from the west, they're remembered no more. <clears throat> Gideon will be there. Samson will be there. Get to feel his bicep. <clears throat> Ruth will be there. Ruth, an amazing, amazing Moabite woman. She'll be there. Samuel will be there. David will be there. Esther will be there, whose people might have been wiped out had it not been for her intervention and realizing that she came to the kingdom for such a time as that. And folks, you and I are at the kingdom for such a time as this. Are we being Esther? I don't feel like Esther, but are we being influential in our workplace like uh, Casey talked about there in, in Spain? Are we being influential for the cause of Christ in our schools, kids? Are we being influential for the cause of Christ, even playing and in our navigator ministry and whatever it is that you're doing? Are we showing forth Christ? <clears throat> New Testament saints will be there. Stephen will be there. I misspelled it. I spelled it the way you spell your name. You've affected me, Steve. Uh, I, but Stephen will be there. The Apostle Paul will be there. Barnabas will be there. Peter will be there. Simon Peter. John will be there. Other disciples. Mary, the, the, the mother of Christ, will be there. Mary Magdalene will be there. I mean, we'll be there. Those of us that have received Christ as our Savior, my grandparents, I fully expect to see my parents will be there. Other family, other church members, uh, uh, church members for the last 50 years <clears throat> that we've buried will be there. And we are confident, I said, uh, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, be present with the Lord, Paul said. Because when, when, this, when we take that step, we're no longer in this world, we're no longer in this body, but we're in the next. We close our eyes in this life and we open them and see the glorious face of our Lord and Savior. What else is there? I already made reference to Philippians 1.21. It says there's much gain there for me to live as Christ, to die as gain, which means profit. So as good as this life is, the next is better for the child of God. <clears throat> what else is there? Rest. <laughs> Are you tired? Yeah. Tired of a lot of things, but tired. There is no RIP. There is no rest in peace for unbelievers. I wish, I wish we could get this word out. The tragedy when someone walks up one side of this bridge or the other and jumps over. The tragedy when someone uh, puts a gun to their head. The tragedy when someone uh, makes a noose and hang. The tragedy when they do that is the next life is not a release for them. And it's not a relief for them. Hell is a world of conscious, unending suffering. And, and, I, and I, I hurt when I hear someone who takes their own life. I think to myself, if they're not a Christian, they woke up uh, in a whole different, they went to a different room for sure, but it's worse, much, much worse than ever this life could be. And my thought is they would long to be back in this life with whatever misery they were going through because hell is such a terrible place. Every time I hear someone say, rest in peace, I, it, it, I say in my head, I don't say it out loud, I say it depends. If you're an unbeliever, there's no peace. Preacher, you're just trying to scare people to get them into heaven. Do you know what? If I could scare people to get them into heaven, I would. I'm not above that. 
I'd rather you go to heaven than go to hell. But for the Christian, there remains therefore a rest, literally a Sabbath to the people of God. What else was there? Worship is there. John said, I looked and I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. And the voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly, John said, I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And the one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like Jasper and Carnelian. And the glow of the emerald circled his throne like a rainbow, 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them and they were all clothed in white and had gold chains on their heads and from the throne came gold crowns on their heads and from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder and in front of the throne were seven torches with the seven burning flames and this is the sevenfold spirit of God and in front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal and in the center around the throne were four living things each covered with eyes front and back the first of these living things was like a lion the second like an ox the third had a human face the fourth was like an eagle in flight those are all pictures by the way of our savior he was the lion is the king and jesus is our king the ox was the servant and jesus came to seek and to serve the lost the the human face uh, speaks of his humanity and the eagle speaks of his deity and each of these divine beings living beings had six wings and eyes were covered uh, their their wings were covered over with eyes inside and out and day after day and night after night they kept saying holy 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 is the lord god the almighty the one who always was who is and is to come and whenever the living beings gave glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and ever the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the one sitting on the throne the one who lives forever and ever and they lay their crowns before the throne and say you are worthy O god O lord our god you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power because you have created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased (laughs) my wife says she read somewhere i I think she read somewhere that um, someone's account of an afterlife experience now i'm gonna just qualify this by saying i don't really believe in that i believe things happen i believe people have you know experiences and i believe perhaps they uh, they they see something that they think is real to them. I, that's just my personal belief, okay? Uh, but somebody came back and talked about colors that they had never seen before. Talked about that's why that's why I think whether the sun and moon are there or not, it's not you're not going to be preoccupied. You're going to be like, whoa, look at that! Look at that! Well, you they don't even use asphalt here; they use solid gold. Just for the streets? I mean, we're going to be so overwhelmed by the beauty of it, the incredible. Uh, he is worthy. He is worthy to receive all honor, glory, and power. What else is going to be there? True and eternal joy. I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed or happy are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth, from then, 2,000 years ago, uh, until forever. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. You know what's going to be there? A magnificent city. And I know, I know, if you're a student of the Word, I know that sometimes the, the, the New Jerusalem gets folded in with, the, uh, with heaven and eternity, and I'm not sure how it all separates. I get all twisted up when I try to figure it out sometimes. 
But, but I know that John said, I saw a holy city in New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. You know what else is going to be there? Rewards are going to be there. A whole different sermon, maybe a series of sermons, the crown of righteousness for those who love the second coming. Are you looking forward to his return? The crown of rejoicing for soul winners. Whoever led that worker to the Lord, uh, that's going to add to their crown of, uh, of rejoicing. The crown of life for martyrs and people who have been faithful their entire lives. The crown of glory for elders and pastors and those who teach the word of God. The crown incorruptible for those who run the race victoriously. Those, those crowns. So we cannot lose our salvation, folks. Once you get born again, God's your father, you're his child forever but we can lose our rewards first corinthians three twelve. anyone who builds on that foundation that foundation being the lord jesus christ the same one we sang about today may use a variety of materials gold silver and precious stone or wood hay and stubble but on the judgment day fire will reveal the kind of work each builder has done the fire will show if a person's work has any value if the work survives the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. We were watching Chicago fire the other night, and, and there's this big wall of flames, and a fireman and his fire dashes through it. Some Christians are going to be uh, uh, gold, silver, precious stone for our works that are indeed the right things done for the right reasons and wood, hay, and stubble representing the, either the wrong things we've done or the things that uh, we did for the wrong reasons. And a torch will be put to them and the wood, hay, and stubble will be burned up, losing rewards because we did the wrong things or did them for the wrong reason. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast and let no man take thy crown so one of these days are we going to strut through the gates of heaven and say man look what i did to get here are we going to put the crowns on and say wow look at me i don't think so because revelation 4 10 says we'll cast our crowns at his feet i don't know about you i know me I can't do anything without the Lord, not anything good, not a thing good, but I long for those rewards so that I can lay them at the feet of my Savior. Perfect government's going to be there just like we have here, huh? <laughs> well, you don't think our, some of our government people are perfect <laughs> and complete? Uh, Perfect, real perfect government. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout and triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious and humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And Jesus did that. Perfect peace will be ours. Peace that passes all understanding. God promises that even in this. We can have that in this life. But you know what happens to our peace here? It gets interrupted. gets interrupted. But it's kind of like hitting little potholes every so often, you know. You're going along, everything's, oh. You get things straightened out again, you're going, oh. 
perfect peace in heaven. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. A renewed earth. Hey, I got some news for you. The Jehovah's Witnesses are right about one thing. They're right about the fact that the earth is going to be renovated and the earth is still going to be around in eternity just like it was destroyed the first time by water, it's going to be destroyed the second time by fire. It was renovated, purified, but it's going to be purified by fire. And then that's part of, I think we'll be zooping around in heaven and coming to earth and maybe going over to Saturn for a little while and pick up artifacts off the moon that was left there. A renewed earth, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them in the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. No more thorns on roses, ladies. Transformed animal kingdom. I just read a black bear mauled some woman again somewhere. It's the 15th bear whatever thing in that state, bear attack. One of these days the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bull and the dust and dust shall be the serpent's meat. One of our neighbors, his dog just got struck by a rattlesnake in our neighborhood and died yesterday. It won't happen in this, in, in this other room we're going to walk into. These serpents will not hurt nor destroy in all the holy mountains, saith the Lord. <laughs> and so much more is going to be there. So much more. But I just wonder, are you impressed by what's not in heaven? And are you excited about what is in heaven? And most importantly... Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? A word of caution. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 23, to the religious crowd, he said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So there will be people who think they're gone who are not. And I just want you to make sure because eternity will be here before you know it. Would you bow your heads, please? Would you introspectively look and say, I want you to do two things. I want you, first of all, I want you to evaluate, based on what Scripture has said, evaluate your relationship with the Lord. Do you know your sins are forgiven? Do you know that you've put your faith and trust in Christ? Do you believe that God loved you and sent his only begotten son? Do you believe Jesus loved you so much that he let his body be beaten to a pulp and nailed to a cross and that he literally died and then after three days and three nights rose again? Do you believe that? Are you trusting that? If not, you can do so right now. You can pray something like this, dear God. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And as honestly and sincerely as I know how, I put my faith in him. I believe he rose from the dead. And I trust him as my Lord and my God and my Savior. With every head still bowed, if you just now prayed that prayer or are praying that prayer, would you raise your hand up? Every head bowed, just hold it up for a moment. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Are there others besides these? The second thing I want you to do right now, the Bible says before we enter into communion at the Lord's table, at the Last Supper, we need to examine our hearts. Sometimes that can be a painful thing. 
Sometimes we look inwardly and we see things we don't want to see, we don't like to see, we don't want to be there. So this is your opportunity right now to confess those things to God and to ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you and to make you a vessel fit for this bread that represents the broken body and this juice that represents the shed blood of the Son of Almighty God. So would you take a moment right now and just talk to the Lord. not get the communion elements, would you raise your hand and hold it up just for a moment and people will get to you in the back and in the front here, right over here, right on the app. Keep your hands up just for a moment. If you did not get the cup and the bread, anyone else? Anyone else? Everybody served who wants it? First thing you took was the unleavened bread. And we're going to ask our praise team to sing a verse, and then we're going to go ahead and observe the unleavened bread together. says in Matthew chapter 26 as they were eating Jesus took the bread and after blessing it he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take ye this is my body father we take this bread and we use it as a symbol of your body your holy incredible immaculate body that was broken on the cross 
for our sins. And Lord, we pray that you would spiritually nourish us and help us to live our lives for you. Thank you for the bread. In Jesus' name, amen. Take, eat. This is my body. Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. Father, for this cup representative of your incredibly precious, priceless blood shed on the cross for our sins. Lord, we thank you that you were willing to go through such agony for us. We're thankful that your blood cleanses us from all sin and that it saves us forever. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And he said, drink it, all of you. This is my blood of the new and better covenant, which ratifies the agreement as being poured out for the many as a substitutionary atonement for the forgiveness of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom in that next room. Drink ye all of it. The Bible then says in verse 30 of Matthew 26, they sang a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's stand, and we're going to sing, Thank You, Lord, for Saving My Soul, and that will be our dismissal uh, event for the morning. And just want to thank you for being here today. Next week, Mother's Day, be sure to be here. Bring moms with you. We've got gifts for all the ladies. Pick up the books on promises in the back, and don't forget the special offering for Live Love for sending Princess Lily to Uganda very, very soon as we sing. you today. Thank you for being in his house today. Get ready for the next next room. It's going to be a beaut.